Welcome to episode two of Smash or Pass podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. Joining me as usual, which is our only our second episode, but my man, Mike Nerd, Mike, <laughs> Mike Lamoureux, that's at Fantasy Nerd Boy. How you doing, Mike? I mean, like last week was so much fun and we got such a great response. I'm so excited for episode two. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited too. And um I like how you fumbled my name there because actually <laughs> you, you dropped my full name for the first time on the pod last you, week. And now everyone is in my DM saying, Lamoro, uh, Lamoro, trade me this guy. Lamoro, I want this. And I'm like, all right, no, the, the real name's out and I'm no longer fantasy nerd boy to half these guys. So, um, but I'm going to have to get you a nickname and everybody just calls me dad. You know, I, this reminds me of, I saw, you know, we're, we're really just days away from, from launching the discord and, I'm starting to look at things. I saw a Discord meme where it was like someone giving somebody a dirty look where someone dropped their real name, their government name instead of their gamer tag. You know what I mean? And that was kind of yeah. what it was like when I first started doing this. I was like, Mike Royer, nobody even knows who Mike Royer is. It's the Dynasty Dad. Like that's everybody just calls me dad. So, you know, for you, I think yeah, that brand is really coming along where everybody knows you as Nerd Boy. You know, and that's that's kind of where it is. So Guys, yeah, you don't want to have to switch it up. So, right, and we're we're so excited tonight because what we're gonna do is we're gonna take Mike and I were just in Smash Except Seven, you know the the reboot draft, and uh, th we're trying to bring you guys. I mean, we are right on the on the verge of of draft season. Mike and I are degenerates, so we've been doing them already. Uh, but we want to give you you know some of the ideas of where guys are going, so you have an idea. I put a thread out there to give you everything in the first ten picks, just a blueprint of what the drafts are looking like, who's going there. And we're going to give you some smash or pass scenarios, some guys that are just extreme values. But Mike, when you're looking right now at, you know, at draft season, what's the biggest thing that you're taking away from? I know you've done two or three already. What's the biggest thing you've taken away from your drafts? So, you know, I, like you said, you're, you're killing it with the content. You're, you're pumping out all the stuff as far as, you know, ADP goes and, and what you're seeing with drafts currently. But um, I love to do year, year round startups because um, you're going to get an idea of how everything shifts with just the smallest little thing, you know, with Pollard's injury, he's going to slide maybe a round or two already. Um, we're currently in a startup right now. And these little things, they, they seem so small, but they're seismic shifts in, in startup values um, because people are very reactionary. And, you know, that's a great thing to take advantage of when people, you know, see an injury or they hear about somebody dropping passes in camp or whatever it is. You know, that reactionary thing that people go through is I got to fade this guy. I don't want I don't you know hearing all this negative talk about him. Um, so there's great value all around. Um, especially when people are anticipating um, a heavy run draft or uh, running back class coming in, um, so you're seeing a lot of a lot of running backs that would go normally second, third round, sliding all the way to the fifth and sixth round. Um, yeah, so and just, I think a that's, lot of crazy stuff. That's the biggest thing is these little little areas where drafting now you can take advantage of things. We, we're trying to put you ahead of the game, you know. And I know we made a trade. I made a trade in Smash Seven with. Uh, dangerous that's at d it's is it m-a-d-o-c-e-h-e madoshi he's awesome guy in the patreon and he gave me i i'm i'm punting you know so imagine that but uh i i'm punting and um right now i gave him pollard for the 108 and i think you know that was something that instantly um it, it changed right like now we're looking at more at the 112 and you know i i said that's something that drops off Immediately, hold on one second, dude. I don't know what's going. There's like a squeaking noise, and I could definitely edit it out, but it just—it sounds like a coffee pot. It's actually the the heater that I'm next to right here. We have <laughs> the old, we have old school um, heaters that, <laughs> okay. that hiss and moan at me. Um, so 
yeah, this mic is pretty crazy. I'm glad I got the mic up upgrade, but also it's it's picking up on every little little thing here. I got gotcha. you. Um, all right, that's why I, I can definitely cut that part out. That's why I was just like, <laughs> dude, it sounds like a teapot, and I'm like, what's uh, crazy? It's it's just picking up everything. So yeah, I mean, I I can't I can't move right now. I have to stay completely still. Um, all right. I all think right. it, I think so, the heater's all done though. So all right, I'm gonna leave it. We'll do, take like a quick 10 second break. I don't know what the last thing I said was, but we'll edit out of that. You were talking about. Uh, you were talking about Pollard I'm, and I think trading we're gonna cut, for the 108. Yeah, I think I'm going to cut that out. And I'll just, you, the last thing you said was we were talking about like uh, like these seismic, these shifts that go from there. And I'm just going to go right from there because I kind of almost stumbled a little bit because it was like, I was hearing this teapot and I'm like, what the heck, man? Yeah, sorry, right. brother. I don't, no, 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 you're good. I don't know what you're hearing right now, we're working out. We're working yeah. out through the kinks. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. There's these everything in Dynasty is cyclical, and we have these these small changes. And I think the biggest thing with us at Smasher Pass is we're trying to bring you current Dynasty values, the market value, and how it changes. And I think to your point, I mean, right now is the time where you can take a playoff game, you can take an injury like the Pollard, and you can capitalize on it. And, and tonight we're going to talk about some of those areas where we can really separate ourselves in that startup and it is startup season so that's where you know let's just jump right into it um the biggest trend that i've seen you know is that first round right i mean we have out of 12 guys we have one two three four five six seven eight nine quarterbacks go you know i mean and that's that's pretty standard i think those are the same nine guys you might have one or two jump in there but the first round is absolutely dominated by quarterbacks and for smash except this week we're going to be talking about that super flex super shortage but the key to this is getting your picks navigating the tiers and these nine quarterbacks you want to you want to definitely get one of these guys and you lucked out and smash except seven to get two of them because i traded you lamar but i mean talk to me about your process here because a lot of people they want to trade up into that one two and three for for Allen hurts and mahomes but so much of this is just navigating that first round to make sure you get a quarterback. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big on trading up or you know trying to trade back into the first on most startups. I think usually if I land a high pick, I'm trading back and I'm I'm trying to accrue value and then kind of go forward with that. If I can trade back and then go forward again at a discounted price from what I've traded back, you know what I mean? If I get a yeah. nice trade back and then I can trade back in. I'll do that. Um, but it, I, I definitely usually go with um, how, how it feels, you know, I, I kind of never go into a startup the same way. I kind of let everything fall into place um, as far as what these guys are doing. Um, so I, I let, I let these, you know, the other managers kind of make my choice for me most of the time, depending on how they go. Um, so I don't really always have that game plan, but I hit the one Oh one in smash. So it was, you know, auto Josh Allen. And then, Hey, I'm already in compete mode right now. So, you know, I couldn't trade out of that pick. So it was, you know, it, it's it really, you already set your mindset to, Hey, I'm trying to win some money this year and I'm, I'm going, I'm going for it. So. Um, well, I think that's really a great point because you want to go in with an open mindset. So many people are like, dad, I'm doing a startup. What do I do? You know, how should I go about the first round? And on the flip side, I had 112, right? So I'm sitting back there and I'm like, man, what am I going to get at 112? Like, who can I move up and get, or should I sit back and let the value fall to me? And I think when you have that one-on-one, Josh Allen or, or Mahomes, whoever you're interested in in that spot, you are at a scenario where it's like you can move back and get some extreme value if you're in there, but then you got to go with that frame of thought that if you're doing that, you know, your direction might change. For me, it was a matter of just, I did move up in that first round. You know, I did, I had the 201. I threw a 24 second to move up to 106, which I thought was absolute smash except to get Justin Jefferson. But let, let's talk about that, you know, those first five picks. It's Allen, it's Hertz, which was just a, a fantastic thing for me to see where all off season, I had been touting Jalen Hurts. I started taking him in the second round when we were in, in January last year at this time. You know, by the time we got to the season, it was late first. Now all of a sudden he's in that top three. And I think it's justified. You know, I think Jalen Hurts really belongs in there. And it was just kind of fun for me to see him go above Mahomes. I can't fault anybody for taking anybody in those three. You know, if you can get any of those out of that and get a little bit extra value, I'm all for it. It's tier two where we start to really separate some things. You know, so you got Burrow went four, Herbert five, 
And for me, it's, it's, it's still Jefferson at six. You know, I love Fields. I love Lawrence and, and, and Chase in that area. But, I mean, Jefferson is that guy where I made that move, and now I'm like, okay, I don't have, I don't have that QB1. So I'm in a scenario now where I think I'm going to le- lean in towards a punt. But the guy I want to talk about right now, Mike, is, you know, he really had a coming out party. QB8 overall in the season. Smash except six where you and I were in. I, I took him in the late second. And it's Trevor Lawrence. So I got to ask you, Trevor Lawrence at the 109, is that a smash or a pass for you? Because we're we're looking at a spot where he is that up-and-coming quarterback. I mean, is this someone that you are willing to invest in at that 109? Oh, yeah, 109 is a smash for me. Um, you know, he was the golden boy coming in. You know, people were – I remember in that draft, people were trading three firsts to even get – and touched 101 in that draft. So, um, yeah, I was writing for Dynasty Happy Hour at the time, and I actually had in that startup that I did with them, someone took him at 106 startup value. You know what I mean? And that hasn't, it, it's been a long road because we had that rookie season there where he kind of dropped off back into that second, third round, and now he's back up where I think he belongs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think 109 is definitely um, a smash. I'm not going to say I would have him any higher than that but i think that's exactly where he should be right now um i I love the shift you know we see dak and kyler kyler obviously more injury related but they're getting kicked out of the first round and they're they're in the mid second early to mid second and and fields and t law kind of took their their spot in the first round um you know rightfully so obviously fields is a cheat code i think as far as you know fantasy production can go he can get get an improvement on the o-line and get one weapon out there and be an absolute stud in my mind so um i like i like the movement of dak coming out there even though i do like dak i think he's underrated in fantasy yeah and i I think this is like that changing of the guard where i mean a lot of people i i put out my current rankings and they're both above you know i have them both above watson dak and and uh, I think right and Kyler and I'm getting a lot of feedback of that where people aren't agreeing with that. And I think one thing you and I are really good at doing is assessing that talent and, and being ahead of the curve. You know, like these guys, that's what I was hoping to get at 112. And then people, you know, they moved up ahead of time. And I, I love that because it's in Dynasty, if you start over believing in a guy that's 28, 29, as opposed to a guy who's 22, 23, you're setting yourself up. You know what I mean? I think Fields and Lawrence we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Like Fields has no weapons. Lawrence is going to get Ridley next year, maybe even more beef up that offensive line. And he's already starting to ascend to a point where I am in a, in a a lot of leagues right now where I have Justin Herbert, I'm trying to get Lawrence plus, and I think you can, I still think you can get Lawrence and a mid to late 23 first. If you can get that kind of action, I'm all for it. You know, like I know Burrow's hot right now. I think Lawrence if you can get Lawrence plus or Fields plus for either of those guys, I'm on the field of I'm making that that move, you know, because I want to insulate my my rosters right now. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I would love doing that. You know, um, not to say that I don't think Herbert is going to improve on this last season that he had. Um, I think it's an outlier as far as his fantasy production goes. But like you said, being ahead of the curve, I think T Law and Herbert will be equal in value at some point. I think very soon, actually, maybe as soon as next year. Um, So getting any plus on top of that, just kind of like Lamar and Fields, as far as everything's concerned and startup value goes, Fields is ahead of Lamar right now. And people were always the question, I think, throughout the season was Fields or Lamar. And, you know, what would you add on to Fields to get Lamar? And, you know, I was telling people, you're going to have to add on to Lamar to get Fields pretty soon. And I think it's already happens um, as far as that is the way to win. I mean, in smash except one, I dealt Kyler Murray for Chris Godwin and Jalen Hurts, you know, in in February, because I believed in Jalen Hurts. I thought Jalen Hurts was going to ascend that way. Then I ended up trading Godwin for what ended up being Godwin and a piece for what ended up being the one on one. So it was Bijan and Jalen Hurts for Kyler Murray. And, and Chris Godwin in that situation, you know, and yeah. people were like, at the time, you're like, that was a foolish move. And you're like, there's a plan, right? If you guys listen to us at Smash or Pass and Smash Accept, like we're going to put you in a place where you're going to be able to compete and have those assets. 
because what we really try to do is this really get on those next breakouts and be ahead of the curve. When it comes to being ahead of the curve, we got to talk about the 111 here, right? The 111 in our draft was Bijan Robinson. Now, you and I have been very bullish that Bijan Robinson is that dynasty RB1. I got to say, we're, we're talking first round startup value here. So if he goes at 111 in your league, is that a smash or pass for you? Because you're, you're passing up on at that particular time. You know, we have this this interesting Lamar fell in this situation. That's not going to happen in most drafts. But you got you got Bijan, and then you got to compare it to Lamb, A.J. Brown, Waddle, Brees Hall. Those are those next couple guys that usually go here. So are you smashing that value? I take Bijan over all those receivers you mentioned and Brees. Um, I don't take him over Lamar. I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, I would still have – you know, Chase, JJ, and then, you know, the, what, nine quarterbacks? Yep. I'm right on that. board with that. because it's, it's And then I would go Bijan, yeah. Yeah. And so here's my question then with, with Bijan Robinson is, I started talking about this a little bit with John when we did the 2023 first-round picks. If you guys haven't heard that, smash except we just covered that. It was phenomenal. It was so exciting. But yep. if you're in a spot, and I, I said – 75% of the owners out there, I don't want to say they don't deserve, you know, that they don't deserve B. John Robinson, but their team is not ready to have B. John Robinson, right? We always say that last piece you want is that running back because the running back shelf life is a little bit less. For me, what, what would you say to a guy that's like, hey, I'm trying to build my team around wide receivers. How do you compare B. John Robinson to Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Waddle, and what kind of plus could you get there? I mean, there, there's something to be said where if I move from B. John Robinson to C.D. Lamb and now I'm a little bit more liquid, you know, I'm, I have team probably has a little bit more longevity, but they might not have that star power. Can you get a plus on top of C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle? Yeah, you should be able to. You know, I think right now I don't think anybody's trading the 101 for any of those guys. Um, and it's hard to say what kind of plus you can get on top of them. Um, I think it's kind of lead dependent and, and it really depends on how thirsty that person is for the one-on-one. You know, there's some guys that don't have a one-on-one and they, they pay their whole soul, everything they own, you know, a couple kids, you know, whatever they have, they'll probably get, they'll probably trade it out for the one-on-one. So I got four of them. So I got some to spare if we're talking one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have quite a few and, and I don't think I would trade a 101 for for CD unless there was man right I don't it's, know. A, it's a tough call because I started just thinking about this when I was talking about it with John is if you're not ready for a running back to be your key focal point of that offense I mean I always talk about when we are rebuilding teams when we retooling teams I'm trying to move running backs for these wide receivers because I can see CD Lamb having six seven eight you know, yeah. wide receiver one type seasons or something like that. So, I mean, if I could get right now, if I could get, you know, give Bijan in a third for Lamb in a second and just be in that area, you know, like the running backs, we saw it with Jonathan Taylor. It's better to be a year ahead. It's better to insulate with wide receivers than it is with that volatile running back position. And I don't want to play too many devil's advocate there because we love Bijan. We're super excited. At the 111, I think I'm taking him over any of those guys. But I think if you're in that situation, you've got to at least kick the tires and be like, if I move back to one of these guys, what kind of plus can I get? You know, And I think that's, mm -hmm. that's a deserved conversation. The second round, we got the 102 going at 203. It's consistently going that in that 203 to 208 range. And I think there's a divide here, Mike, where we have Bijan's at 111 to the 203. That's not a big gap when you're talking startups. But when you're talking value right now, I'm seeing guys trading the 102 and the 105, which the 105 in our draft went in the third round. So we're talking a second and a third round, mid-second and a third rounder for that 111. And I think there's a there's a huge disconnect right there. I mean, if that wasn't Bijan Robinson, are you really trading a second and third rounder to move into that area? And I think that's something that we got to look up when it comes to startup values. Yeah, yeah. So there's... Yeah, you're right. It's not as big of a gap as it should be, um, you know, because there's there's no way that you're making that trade in a startup unless it's not Bijan, like you said, because um, 
I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on young or Stroud for that matter that high in the draft personally. Um, I, I do, I don't know. I, I like the slide, you know, that I've been seeing earlier in the, in startups where they were going at the end of the second. And yeah, that was nice value and, that, that two, um, three turn. I, I really like that. But when they start creeping up above Jalen Waddle, above, above Deshaun Watson, above Dak Prescott, above even Brees Hall, I'm like, I'm not sure if I can, if I can invest that way yet, because even from that last podcast, Stroud and Young are nice. I think they're going to be like, you know, back end QB ones, but I don't see either of them right now being in that area where they're going to be a top five dynasty quarterback. Yeah. I would actually imagine they're going um, ahead of where they're going to go next year right now. So they're going, what he's going, I guess you could say young's going early second and then Shroud is going late second, early third. Um, I think they'll both go in the third next year. I think yeah, we're going to see when you compare them. I and mean, we just talked about Fields and Lawrence. I do not look at them as the same type of prospects. You know, like I don't see them as guys who you're taking in that second round and they're going to appreciate into first round. Like I, I see them as guys that they're going to fall in this area, even if they have a real rock solid rookie year. I think they're still going to be in that second round startup area. So you're not. I like to draft players where I feel like they're going to appreciate in value. And sure. if they aren't yeah. guys that are going to appreciate in value, that's why I, I tear back and add value to it. And that's what I did pretty much this whole draft. You know, it was just a matter of if I don't like the value right there, I'm going to move back and add value to it as I go. Yep. The next area where I'm talking about is, is Dak Prescott. You got at the two Oh seven. And I think Dak Prescott is someone that I'm not even going to ask smash or pass. I think this is an absolute smash. Like Dak Prescott last year was going that one ten to one twelve range. He's still only 28 years old. And Dak Prescott is a QB one when he's on that when he's on the field. You know, I think you get that Dallas discount, which is which is a bizarre thing to say because most people just don't want Dallas Cowboys on their team. It's crazy to even think that way. And I try to take my emotions out of it. I know you do too. I think Dak Prescott is the biggest value of the second round right now. If you look at where he's going versus the production that he's put up in the past, and he's in the prime of his career, I think Dak Prescott is one of the best highest ceiling and safest floor in that second round. Yeah, I agree. I think people look too heavily into their real life production and then they don't really care for the fantasy. They think, Oh, Dak doesn't win in, in, you know, in actual football games or this and that he's, he's doing this, he's doing that. He's throwing turnovers and um, they're not looking at the fact that he's putting up 25 to 30 points in a fantasy game, even when he's doing, you know, crazy those I see, you know, that's why you want to take people that are also in the fantasy or in the actual NFL playoffs, because um, you can get that serious discount. You know, Dak's going to slide even farther now after that game, I'm sure. Um, So that goes into the whole reactionary um, side of fantasy football where people, you know, see what they see, the recency bias kicks in. And then, you know, they're like, Oh, Dak sucked last night. You know, I'm going to pass on him and I'm going to go to someone else. So, yeah. And he became an extreme value there. And I mean, you and I made a trade where it was Dak and you're 24 first. And then I gave you a, a, a small pick upgrade in Lamar Jackson. And I think it works out well for all of us. You know, and I think if you can tear back again, if you can get out of that first round, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about a scenario where you can move back from, I think I really, I'm not passing up on Fields and Lawrence, but if Kyler and Lamar go in that area, I'm okay to cascade back to Dak Prescott, to Deshaun Watson, but I'm not comfortable. I have a lot of people reaching out and be like, hey, I can get Deshaun Watson in a 24 first for Josh Allen. Absolutely not. You know, I think Deshaun Watson is a is a very interesting topic because we were all expecting maybe two games of rust, right? But he played at a, at a level that we were not used to seeing. Like we all anticipated Deshaun Watson was going to break into what he has been in the past. Where do you have him in your second round, and how bullish are you? I mean, you and I both talked. I think his value is going to steadily creep back up. But what we saw on the field over those final you know, six, seven weeks was not all that impressive to me. Yeah, he actually just went um, – I'm in a Debbie startup right now, and he just went to uh, 201, I believe. So wow, that was the highest I've seen him go um, since you know the start of the offseason. 
And uh, I think it's it's the right move. You know, I think he's going to only get better with a full um, camp and and then, you know, getting that those practice reps with those guys. And um, I don't think he was allowed to even be – was he allowed to practice? I don't even know off the Not top the of my head if you he know, was we come out. allowed. You know, it, it did gradually go up, you know, and it, it, in week 17 he did have a nice 31-point per performance, so he's back in that QB1 territory. Yeah. He's someone that's going to steadily creep up there, but I think – I think now's not the time, you know, like if you can buy him on the cheap, I would do it, but I, I think he's going to steadily climb up and I, I'm, I'm not super bullish on him, but I think eventually this value is going to catch up and we should see a better version of what we saw in the, in, in the actual fantasy regular season. However, you know, this isn't, this isn't the Houston Texans where he's got negative game scripts everywhere. I mean, this is a team that still wants to run the ball and I think Cleveland is going to be a much better team next year than they were this year. Yeah. So just to, to kind of elaborate on that, I get a lot of the questions of the 102 or Watson. And yeah, I always that's, take, that's a lot. Yeah, I take the 102 because Watson's not going to do a single thing to improve his value from now until next season. I mean, you might see some camp videos where he's, you know, hitting Amari Cooper, you know, here and there or whatever, but he's not going to take that huge jump that, you know, the 102 will take in the next few months, especially once the combine hits and everything. Um, so to, to kind of go off of that, you know, I think I would always take Brees or Stroud and then kind of flip that, that asset before or during the rookie draft, at least, yeah. you know, you could probably get Watson plus for on the, on the rookie draft if you wanted to. You're speaking my love language right there. You know, that's like one thing when it comes to startups, if you're ever debating a player or a pick, right. And we do this all the time. The pick is what's safest right now, right? That pick in that 102. And I, that is a question that I get a lot too. It's like, Dad, do I do it? The question for me is Watson or Dak and the 102. I get a lot of those where they're in that area. And I, I slightly lean Dak, but I'm, I'm taking the 102 over Watson at this point just to kind of gauge where that value is and see what I can do with it. Because I think on draft day, like you said, we're going to have that hype on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, and they're going to really – elevate what their value is where Watson, you're not going to see anything, right? I mean, we're not going to see anything where you're going to be like, wow, you know, he's going to be 28 years old and he's going to be in this area. Once the regular season rolls around. Yeah. I want, I want Deshaun Watson. I think he moves up there. We have sure. an interesting dynamic here then, right? Is, is we got Brees Hall at 205 and Jonathan Taylor at 208 right now on the clock, you know, given that Brees Hall had the ACL tear and we keep seeing all these talk about, you know, J.K. Dobbins, ACL tear, and all these other different players in the past versus Jonathan Taylor at 208. Which one of these guys do you prefer and, and based off the value that you're seeing right now? Based off the value, I think they're both in the right spot. But I, I to, you know, piggyback what we've been saying is I'm going to take Brees over J.T. because I think J.T. right now is never going to get drafted higher than where he is. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna creep back into the high second or the late first. I think right now where he is, like mid to late second, that's that's his peak currently. You know, yeah. he's only gonna go backwards. Whereas Brees can still go higher. He can creep into the high second. He can maybe get into the late first if he blows up this year. Um, he has that time. You know, that's why we talk about running backs being so unpredictable and volatile, but you don't really see running backs boost ADP season to season. It's usually they're peaked out and then they're slowly going down the board. Yeah. And I think it's a kind of a thing where a lot of, a lot of fantasy owners, they have that, that bad taste in their mouth, right? They had um, let's say with Christian McCaffrey, right? So Christian McCaffrey was a guy that got injured and they, he never creeped back up. He's always been in that area. And in this draft, he even goes at two ten. But there's nothing Christian McCaffrey could do to put himself back up there. And he's a little bit older. Jonathan Taylor, 24 years old in comparison to Brees Hall. But Brees Hall's was the injury. Jonathan Taylor's was poor production. You know, And I think Indianapolis is going to be in a situation where that's going to be very hard for him to recoup some value. So I like that a lot. Uh, we, we mentioned Brees Hall. And I think when I, when I talk about the Jets, the Jets are an up-and-coming offense. There's a lot of rumor right now. I mean, let's be honest. Right now, they will get a better quarterback for 2023. I mean, that's that's a given, right? I mean, Zach Wilson's out of the picture. Mike White 
just wasn't it, you know, and he had that moxie, but he's just not it. One way or another, and I'm seeing links to Aaron Rodgers, I'm seeing links to Derek Carr, you know, maybe they draft a quarterback, but I think we're going to see a huge uptick in the value of Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is one of my biggest buys. The way he played as a rookie, he is right there at that 302, right above Tyreek Hill. I feel like this is good value, but smash or pass Garrett Wilson at the 302. I smash that. Yeah, yeah I, I'll take I him. I love it. What he did his him. rookie season is just like we're, we're we're sleeping on it, right? I mean, I think what he did with no with absolute poor quarterback play, and we have him below, you know, we have him below Kenneth Walker, which Kenneth Walker was good. We have him below the 103. We have him below Christian McCaffrey. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown, even Kyle Pitts in this draft, and I think Garrett Wilson is going to continue to creep up. And as soon as that quarterback comes into play, I feel like he could be a mid-second rounder with with some some real camp buzz. I think he'd probably be going where Waddle is right now. I think he would actually creep into like the early second. Um, I love that. Yeah, I, I can't see him taking a step back after what we saw. You know, I only I can I just I just see improvement happening, and um, especially with a car or a Rogers coming in there, um, anybody for that matter. I don't care who it is. Well, actually, I can't say I don't care who it is, but, you know, I think anything they do is going to be, like you said, a significant improvement. It's going to be an improvement. And what I've been advocating, what I've been telling people, and you know, this is how I operate, is I love, I love AJ Brown. I love CD Lamb. I love Jalen Waddle. But right now, you know, we're talking about one round in a startup difference in value. And I've seen trades where CD Lamb and a late you know, 108, 109 for Garrett Wilson. And I think we're going to have a scenario where two, three weeks into the season, Garrett Wilson's in that same breath. Like he is going to be a top five dynasty wide receiver. And I think if you make that move now where you get that plus, and in this class, the 108, you're looking at maybe even Jordan Addison. You're looking at maybe Quentin Johnson. You're getting a, a premium asset on top of that. And I think we're this is the next big time wide receiver. He will be top five. I have no da- doubt about it. For sure. Uh, the next guy in that round, and this is where it gets really, really difficult, is the, is the tight ends, right? So in that third round, in Smash Accept Leagues, we play a 1.75 tight end premium. And Mark Andrews went 3.0, Pitts went 3.01, Andrews went 3.06, Kelsey 3.07, Hawkinson 3.08. What's the biggest value here for you out of that? And let's, let's talk about tight ends a little bit because this is a position where these are, the, these are the guys, you know, these are those four guys. I like another guy that that in, in a round later here, but let's talk about tight ends a little bit. What's the best value here, jumping off the board to you? And how, we've never had a position like this where it's been like such an age discrepancy, right? I mean, the, between the tight end one, and the tight end two, there's such an age discrepancy based off of what your team's going to look like. Yeah, I wouldn't even say any of those are values. I would say they're pretty much par with where they should go in a in a tight end premium league. Um, I mean, Kelsey is the cheat code until he proves otherwise, until he shows me that he's not putting up 20 to 30 points a game, you know, um, catching 12, 12 balls and just, you know, getting that crazy premium every, every game. It's, this is the exact same spot. I mean, I took him in smash four and smash five. I won the championship in smash five because of that. And I drafted him at three Oh seven in that draft. And, what you want from a guy that's a here in a win now team? I mean, like we're looking at this round. Tyreek Hill goes in here. Travis Kelsey. Both these guys, even Austin Eckler, were going in this round last year. They're still going there, and they're still holding that value. It's just when it dips, it, it falls off, you know. And I think yeah. Travis Kelsey. We're going to still see. I could, if you told me he was the tight end one next year, I would not even hesitate. I would, I would agree. He's got to be the the favorite there. But I think this is still a guy that we're going to see two to three years of of still high-end production even after this year that we just saw. And he's just such a cheat code. I have a hard time taking anybody over him. Yeah, he could definitely be a Tony Gonzalez. He could play until he's 38 and still put up over 1,000 yards and, you know, and, and catch, you know, 12 touchdowns or whatever. Um, you know, I don't expect him to be the absolute monster that he is right now, but I think he can be a serviceable fantasy asset barring any injury for at least another two to three years. Um you know, Andrews is my tight end one still, even, you know, 
um, with Kelsey and the age definitely plays a role in dynasty. Um, but when now it's, it's gotta be Kelsey. Um, I've, I've seen him go at the early second. I've seen him go pretty, pretty high um, as of late, just for teams that are just going for it. Cause you can't pass up on him and tight end, tight end premium. My play right now. And, and what I've been kind of doing is I, I mean, I love Kelsey, so I have a hard time moving off him. But I have moved off Andrews for my guys, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is going to fifth round. And I still think there's almost a first round value in between the two. And he has really, with Jalen Hurts, you know, there was always that Jalen Hurts doesn't throw to tight ends. He just, when he was on the field this year, excelled. And I think I'm buying Dallas Goddard wherever I can. If I can get a plus on top of, you know, if I give Andrews, I think think you could get the 107 and Dallas Goddard for, for Mark Andrews, you know, and I think, that's mm-hmm. something I'm willing to do, or a 21st, 21st in that area. Same, I think Kyle Pitts really could ascend, but now is that time to buy him. I mean, we saw last year he was creeping up in the end of that first round. Are you are you buying Kyle Pitts right now, or wh- where are you at with him? Because I get that question at least once a week. You're like, Dad, Kyle Pitts, what do I do? You know, like uh, if you had him, you can't sell him because you've invested so much in him last year. But what are you doing with your Kyle Pitts shares? I don't have any because I'd never believe in investing that kind of capital in a first in a tight end. You know, I just for me that's the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I don't I don't have any more pits either because he hurt me so so bad. Um, he we, just we, well, this is that point of the podcast where we play some like sad sappy music. Yeah, you know, maybe he destroyed me. You know, I had I had eight shares of him and. Um, it was buyer's remorse, and I, I didn't trade for him, but I had him in most drafts. And in Smash, what, six, I took him in the first round. Um, and then I traded him for the 1-0, I think the 104. And I don't and, know. And it wasn't made, good. I mean, it, it, it wasn't good. good at the time, but you at least recoup some value. And this is what yeah, we talk about I, insulating all the time. I was screaming on the podcast to sell Kyle Pitts for Mark Andrews plus – a, a 22 first at the time, you know, and if you did that, you feel pretty good because you get that. And we, we're, we're very good with assessing who that next guy is. And I think that's something that's, that's really important here with our podcast. Uh, the difficult part about navigating that round three, and I want, we want to move on for sure, but we have running backs in here, right? And this is where we really start to hit that. What do we, what direction are you going? And for me, I try to decide what direction I'm going, you know, round one and two, you can get the value. You can get the younger players round three. It's like, do I want Saquon Barkley at 304 or do I want Eckler at 311 or ETN at, at 312? I ultimately had that 312 and traded out of it and cascaded back to a guy that you absolutely love. In I got Javante Williams at 505 plus a 24 first. But which running backs are you really trusting in this area? For me, my biggest thing is I'm almost moving out of this. You know, like I think because of that running back landscape that, you know, if you guys didn't listen to Smash or Pass episode one, we really hit that hard. But it's a volatile position right now. You know, Saquon Barkley at 304, he had a fantastic season. Eckler was the RB1 at, at 311. For me, ETN at 312, I'm like, I'm going to cascade back and get into that fifth round, add some capital. Because the fifth round is just loaded with running backs as well. Yeah, I think in that range, um, you can't go wrong with ETN because I don't see his value dipping at all, um, especially with uh, – T-Law taking, you know, that presumed step forward and that team getting a lot better offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I like – I'm back in on Najee. I do like Najee I am again. too. I am too. I am back in on him. Yeah. And, and we were talking about it a little bit at the end of the year last year, right, where we were like, dude, we can buy him for like a 24 late first. And people are just they, – they, they want him off their team. In this particular draft, I mean, I think Najee went 508. You know, we were talking yep. about a guy that was going early second – and what you saw over the back end of the year was once Pickett started getting a lot more comfortable in the offense, we were starting to see him more involved in the passing game, getting some mm-hmm. touchdowns. Najee's like, I love that, man. I'm, I'm on board with that completely. Najee, I like Swift too. A couple guys that – like Swift is interesting because he really he, – he hurt a lot of managers, but his value hasn't taken that significant dip that you presume he would. You know, a guy that didn't see a lot of carries, he didn't see a lot of goal line work, he got – you know, I mean, Jamal Williams had a career year. Um, it was just all these little factors mm-hmm. that I don't see coming into play next year on a contract year. 
You know, Swift is going to be on a contract year. He's going to demand that playing time. He's going to demand that work. He wants touchdowns. He's going to want, you know, to show out. He wants a career year. Um, he wants to get paid. So I, I, I want to get all the shares with or the Swift shares mm-hmm. that I can get, um, especially at that discounted ADP. Because I think he's going in the in the fourth, maybe even fifth, in some spots too. That that fourth round is a real hotbed of value. I mean, in our particular value, our particular draft, I took Trey Lance at four hundred one. Uh, 402 was the 104 and I think right now I just put that thread out there on JSN he's my 104 and man like if you could tell me I could get JSN in that same area as Devonta Smith and Metcalf I'm all for that I mean I think the production profile from you know we we get that 2022 is giving you a discount on him because JSN is going to be in the same breath as a Jamar Chase as a Justin Jefferson I, I don't think he's going to be right there right off the bat but this is a guy that has that similar type profile. And, you know, I, I saw we're going we're gonna to reference that a couple other times because there's a lot of, you know, data to back that. But this is an area where in that fourth round, I mean, we got guys like Drake London, who I think Drake London is going to smash this year. I mean, what he did over the final five weeks, the, the target share that he demanded. And again, like Garrett Wilson, he's one of my biggest buys because the quarterback play in Atlanta was abysmal. You know, mm-hmm. but when Ritter took over, he looked much better than what we saw with Mariota. Yeah, London's a big buy for me. I don't think anybody's selling, but if you can get him in a startup where he's going, I think that's an, an easy smash. Um, yeah, and then JSN going where he's going. I see, man, in this, this most recent startup, he was going in between um, Debo I can't remember who else is in that area, but it was where Debo was I remember going. you messaged me. You were like, Devonta and, Smith, Debo, or JSN. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It, it's yeah. Smith and Jigba. It's not even close. What That's he did a, in 2021 was just insane. you know. And I think kind of out of sight, out of mind, we did that with Jamar Chase where we're like, okay, he sat out a year. And then we were like, oh, he had some drops. Let's move him back, back out of the area. That was foolish. I'm not doing it again. Jackson Smith and Jigba is the real deal. I'm excited for all my 104 shares, and uh, you know, I, I want to get him in that area. You you mentioned Swift, and there's a a hotbed here in that Jacobs goes 409, Swift 410, and then you know you have that 106, 105, 106 area. I think the I think when, depending on what league you're in, the running backs and the picks really start to become a value. But if you're if you're posed with that position of Jacobs, Swift, or 106, what are you taking? I would take the 106. I think I would have um, Jacobs and Swift probably closer to the 107, 108. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think they're they're on that edge. They're really close. But um, not to say that I'm I, – I just told you that I'm really in on, on Swift this year. But I think um, – No, but Jacobs- you're absolutely right because we have a situation where I think the rookie picks, the 102 and the 103 are going way too early. And the 104 and 105 are falling back. And you're looking at, and even 106, in that range, I mean, these quarterbacks are going to start moving up. Anthony Richardson's starting to get some buzz. Will Levis is starting to get some buzz. They're going to move up to quarterback needy teams, and you're going to have Gibbs. You're going to have Smith and Jigba. You know, you're going to have Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison. Zach Evans is starting to really, you know, pique my interest. And these guys are going to be in that area where, gosh, I mean, they're going to be some fantastic football players. Yeah, you got Jack Sharp coming in too, and and I, there's this class is insane. I can't say it enough, and you know we've been saying this for almost two years now, but it's like, you know, the one twelve in this class is going to be a starter on your fantasy team. I guarantee it. You know, yeah. at some point next season, you're going to be starting that guy. People and, uh, don't don't get it right now. Is I don't know if you saw the tweet, but in Smash Three, I now have one hundred one through one twelve. I, I, the infinity gauntlet is completely filled now. And I had a bunch of people reach out, Mike, and they're like, man, this guy doesn't know how to win. Like, this is not going to work. I'm like, guys, do a startup. Okay. Right now, if you're doing a startup, they're all gone by the end of the sixth round. The first mm-hmm. rounders are gone, you know? So like, imagine that, like, these are to go with the other players on your team. You're going to get 12 starters that are like in that area or be able to trade them for significant value. And they're only going to go up. They're literally yeah. only going to go up. That's the thing. They don't, People see that you have all these picks and they see that you've accumulated the whole first round and they don't understand that these are assets. 
These are these are pieces that you can use to dangle in front of other managers. You can um, take them and and sell them. You can do whatever you want with these picks. They're they're going to only you know accrue value. They're going right. to gonna go up in value. Going to go up while you know any player that you have um, in place of them isn't going to do much to to you know get their value up, especially right. in the off season. They're not they're not getting to- a crazy value. Trying to shift your thinking a little bit with you guys. We have a lot of new listeners, really about our insulated trades and making moves like that and trying to assess these things. We want to put you that 107, you're going to have it's in the same area as Michael Pittman, Devontae Adams, Dallas Goddard, Javante Williams, you know. So that 107 isn't just a draft pick, it's going to give you opportunities when on the clock. Don't trade them until you get on the clock to get these kind of things. So the one guy that I mentioned there, and I know you and I are both actively buying him everywhere is Javante Williams. I think Javante Williams was a guy that was a second round startup last year. Again, based off the injury, everybody's moved him way down. I've been buying, you know, in the off season, I was buying for 24 firsts or late 23 firsts during the playoff run. And I think Javante Williams is still undervalued because people, people feel like because of the Melvin Gordon split that they had there for a little bit, you know, for a couple weeks, they're like, oh, he wasn't going to take over. I think Javante Williams is a smash right now. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that he is still um, at that discounted price and he will stay there for, he might even dip even lower, you know, Mm -hmm. if he's not ready for the season Um, people might be at that Dobbins mode where they're just ready to, you know, take anything for him. You know, I got Dobbins for, man, I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. It was like four minutes and a third or four minutes and a late second. I think at at one point in time, Um, you know, people get frustrated, and especially teams that are competing. I think, you know, you can get Javante for pennies on the dollar. You know, um, if, if this guy doesn't have good depth and he just needs to move off somebody for a body, in yeah. um, his, you know, where he's going right now in startups, yeah, it's an easy smash. You know, even if you only get half a year from him next year, I think it's well worth it. And Um, I think the biggest takeaway I have when it comes to these startups, yeah, we're trying to load up on these quarterbacks and wide receivers early. And this seems like the best year to do that. Like if you can be patient and, 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 you know, skip out on Jonathan Taylor, but take, you know, take Garrett Wilson. And if you can on the third round, instead of taking Saquon Barkley, take a, a, you know, like a Chris Olave type where they're still moving up. And then these rounds four, where you got guys like Swift and Jacobs round five, you got Javante Williams and Najee. Round six, you know, they're six, they start to fight. Guys keep falling back. And then round seven, eight, nine, you're getting Derrick Henry's. You're getting Dalvin Cooks, where I'm not a huge advocate of going out and buying them, but the value on these running backs, I know you got, you know, you got Derrick Henry at the end of the sixth. And then we were looking at Mixon went in the seventh. At the end of the eighth, I got, I ended up getting, at the end of the ninth, I got Aaron Jones. You know, like, these are screaming values in comparison. I took Aaron Jones. The guy before me took Jordan Love and David Njoku. Like, there is a huge age bias there. And How do you talk to people about that, right? Because, like, I'm in a punt, but people are like, man, you got a bunch of old guys on your team. I was like, value is value to me. That's what I was saying is, like, Aaron Jones went after the 203. I, Aaron Jones is 28 years old, but he's coming off another RB1 season, and he his – He's the tread on the tires is still plenty to go out there and have another RB one season. Yeah. I think people are burned from the 2016 class, the 2015 class where, um, you know, Todd Gurley's and, and, um, uh, Devante Freeman, Freeman's and the people that, you know, faded out at 25, you know, they saw all these guys, um, Le'Veon Bell just disappeared at 26. Um, these guys, they, they, they created this, this idea in the fantasy community that there's this age cliff that every running back is going to hit. Every player is going to hit this, this age cliff at the same age every time. I think and Derek Henry is the biggest proof of that, right? I mean, he's going to be – he's 29 years old now, you know, but the he entire, just went out and balled out. Yeah, the entire 2017 class of Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry and, um, man, uh, Fournette, Fournette and, and – Yeah. I all mean, those Fournette, guys – they're, they're starting in the fifteenth round because nobody wanted him. Like there was yeah. just this this stigmatism of he's worth nothing. But I mean, when you're in 
there's always we want to talk about that youth, right? And it, I, you're gonna you're gonna get crushed by this, but I call it the Nico Collins syndrome, right? Where you you want the next Nico Collins because he sounds good and he's young, instead of taking that value of the guy that's right there. And even if you're not win now, you trade that value of that of that running back or that veteran because everybody's gonna want them. And I had the hardest time trying to trade Nico Collins. I didn't mean to stab you right in the heart, but yeah, that's okay, that's what, man. I had. I I like the the misses getting smushed into my face, you know. Because <laughs> no, um, no, I was on I board that. with you. You and I, I know the Patreon were like we were trading Nico- seconds for him. Right, we were trading. We were trading twenty. I think twenty three seconds for yep. for Nico Collins. Yeah, and don't hey, this doesn't make us sound good for for the next product. Yeah. But <laughs> don't listen to these guys. Hey. We're um, we're going to be very honest with you guys. We're going to tell you our hits, and we're going to share our misses. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that we we have to do. Um, the sixth round has some guys where there's some wide receivers there that that we might have missed on in in rookie drafts. But the sixth round is just loaded with wide receivers, right? So if we end up going, you know, round one and two, get our quarterbacks. Round three and four, get a wide receiver. Round five, maybe take a Javante. Round six, there's some juicy wide receivers here and, and some upside. I mean, there's Hollywood Brown, who I know you love, has big-time potential with, with Hopkins leaving. Jamison Williams goes in this round. Chris Godwin, who's going to be a year removed from that ACL surgery, who could still ball out. Christian Watson, who I, I know a lot of people, especially I talk to Zoltan all the time, he loves big-time advocate for picking up him. You know, Pickens is in this round. This is a absolutely upside wide receiver round. If you have to pick one guy out of this group, who's that guy for you? Um, I think at current, I think at the current drafts position they're in, I would take Hollywood, um, because he is he's the injury and everything. His people are kind of saying he's injury prone and this and that and. Um, I'm not buying it and he's, he's had this one year of not being available, but outside of that, you know, he's, he's been steadily on the field and, um, you know, when he, when he played without Hopkins on the field, he was a wide receiver one, you know, Mm -hmm. he's putting up steady numbers, you know, the whole, the whole time, you know, even when Hopkins came back, he was still, um, pretty solid until that injury. Um, but I think he's at a severe discount right now because people are seeing, Kyler's injury and then they're seeing him out and all that recency bias is is kicking in on him um I think he's a great value there and I think he's he's going to steady um steadily rise as far as um ADP goes as time goes on in the in the season too for me I know a lot of guys in the Patreon love Jamison Williams and that's going to be their pick for me I'm taking Christian Watson I mean from week 10 on he was a top 10 dynasty wide receiver I know there was some gimmicky plays. I know he's due for some touchdown regression, but let's. This is the time of year where we tell ourselves narratives one way or another, right? What let's say he becomes a better wide receiver because we knew he was raw. You know, he wasn't one of those big time prospects coming in as far as where he went to college. But I think Christian Watson is someone who's going to eat in year two and only become a better wide receiver. You know, with working with Aaron Rodgers, if Rodgers is still there, you know, the quarterback position is so up and down. But at six eleven, you and I. Our, our biggest buy at the quarterback position, and I think he's cheaper now than he was two weeks ago, is Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, I was advocating for everybody. I talked two different guys into getting cascading off of Tua to get Daniel Jones in a mid-23 first. I think if you look at it, Daniel Jones put up better numbers than Tua. If you, if you, if you go down and you look at it closely, because he's got that rushing upside that Tua does not have. And I know Dynasty Jacobian would just come in here and start, you know, right like a bull. Jacobian's been shot. telling people to buy Jones, though. You know, he's yeah. he's in the Vanilla Vic category. If he wants, he wants I love that to name. Buy you know? Daniel and, Jones is just—he's too cheap. I mean, right now he yeah, went in this in this draft as QB fifteen. You know, and I think that's kind of where he goes. But if you look from rounds three on no there was no quarterbacks taken like in that three to six range everybody sees the upside there's huge upside with with daniel jones and i know we're going to cover that more and we're getting a little bit short on time but like that's a guy that we're going out there and and buying everywhere yeah and he's about to sign a big contract too he's about to sign that big contract and then his value is coming back he's coming back to the giants you're you have this opportunity you talked about it he had a poor showing against the eagles you know and now is the time to go and buy him because his season was fantastic. What he did with Brian Dable 
was incredible, and I thought he played really well down the stretch. And there's mm-hmm. it's tough in this area with quarterbacks. Uh, round seven, this is where we start to reach on some quarterbacks, right? But there's some guys there with some value. I mean, Pickett goes there, Goff goes there, Carr. I took Mac Jones at, at 801. Who are you buying out of that group? Because this is where we, we're going to talk about it in the, in the Superflex, Super short, Shortage show with a smash except, but like, this is where it gets really difficult. Like, I got to get my QB2 before there are no more QB2s. I would buy all those guys. I like that. Like, all those guys I like at current ADP, you know, Pickett, Goff, and even Mac Jones. Because I, I you know, I think that Bill O'Brien's going to, you know, be anything's going to be an upgrade um, right now over the defensive coordinator that they had run in the offensive show. Um, but, I like I like all those guys. I think Goff is gonna they're gonna sign him on, and he's only gonna get um, you know Jamison back, and that that whole offense is gonna be humming next year too. Yeah, no, I, I think that's and there's again it's a narrative thing. A lot of people are like, well, what if Detroit drafts a quarterback? I don't think that's the direction they're going. I mean, you know, Jared Goff seems to be their guy unless they can really move up. And I think Jared Goff is someone who just gets disrespected, right? Like we're just He's Jared Goff because of he had that one really good year with the Rams. Then he had a down production year, and he's never really recouped that value. I was buying it for 24 first in the playoffs, and he was winning me championships because he went out there and he put up 30-plus points. I mean, Jared Goff at home is that – he's that perfect guy for your QB3, but you're okay with him as your QB2. You know, yeah. And, and the, the position is just so tight. Derek Carr is just another guy where no one wants Derek Carr right now, but Derek Carr – is, is going to be cheap. He's going to get another landing spot. If he goes to the Jets where he has Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Brees Hall at his disposal, or he goes to the right situation, he's going to get an uptick in value. And I think when you're talking rounds 8, 9, and 10, we got to start thinking narratives of how are these guys going to bump up in value. And another guy there is Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron, It sounds like Green Bay is comfortable trading him for two first-round picks. If Aaron Rodgers goes to one of those situations and he gets out of that you know, Green Bay scenario where they won't give him weapons. Let's let's say he goes somewhere where he's got some wide receivers again. That is a absolute value if he, you know, ends up coming back and doing those things and there's some value to be had there. Round nine, I mean, there's other guys in there. The Cam Akers ended the season very well. Rashad Bateman's starting to get a little bit of uptick. You know, there's yeah. so many guys here. When you're drafting rounds eight through 12, talk to me a little bit about your thought process because it's, it's really bizarre because you got – you got your Kamaras and your Rogers, you know, guys that are a little bit older in age. Then you got your Acres, you got your draft picks in those early second round picks. You know, everyone's got a different philosophy. Tell the listeners a little bit about what you're thinking around like eight through twelve, because I think you can make or break your your draft in this area. You know, rounds one through five, everybody knows who they're going to take, but this area where this is what people need to you know beef up on. Yeah, so you know, once you're once you're in the that area, you usually have. Um, if you're a zero running back guy, you're probably looking for running backs, but um, I never go off of need later in the draft. I never Absolutely. say, Oh, I need a one. I need a running back right now. So I'm going to take a running back. I that, I throw that out the window. Um, well, I don't care. January, right. I mean, you don't need a running back. So many yeah, you people don't need say back. they took Alvin Kamara over Jamison Williams at that certain point in the draft because they needed a running back. No, you didn't. You have all off season. We're smashing. Yeah. Except- we're trading. Don't, take the value. You take value. You take value in those rounds. You look at who's going to go up in value. You look at who um, is kind of dipped right now. You, you're kind of looking at this person's going to definitely have a sell window. Um, regardless of what my team needs, I'm going to take that person and then I'm going to wait for the right moment. And then I'm going to put them on the block or I'm going to look for a package to sell them for based off of, you know, what that person needs. And then, um, it's it's kind of you know see what comes my way and and there's no way that I'm passing on like you said um, and a crazy crazy value because I you know I I don't have four uh, wide receivers at the moment or, or whatever you know and take the value that hits you I mean and and don't you know, like for for instance I got David Montgomery in the twelfth round because people are like oh David Montgomery's not going to be a starter what if he is you know like. There's a definite scenario where he comes back to Chicago or he goes to the right area. And in that area, it was like wide receivers like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I like. But how much more is he going to increase in value over the offseason? Donovan Peoples-Jones yeah. is who he is, right? But David Montgomery goes to the right situation. 
he gets an uptick, you know, then you move him. Dynasties is a cyclical event. We're trying to move things in there. So I'm excited. You know, we just wanted to share some of our insights, some of our thoughts, some of the guys that we're buying in those top 10 rounds. Uh, Mike, smash your pass. Episode two, you know, it just keeps getting better. It keeps getting more fun. The, the mic upgrade, you know, it just sounds better. <laughs> yeah, the mic upgrade is great, but it's also picking up on every every sound in the whole house. So We're getting there. I can't, but yeah. Tell everybody where they can find you and your government name if you want to. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at NerdBoyTakes. Um, like I said last week, my, my DMs are always open. Um, if you guys have any questions on startups or need help with any trades, um, please send them over and I'm, I'm more than willing to help you guys out. Yeah. And it's, it's startup season. I'm, I'm my DMS are crazy right now. Um, so, you know, feel free to hit me up and the discord will be set up by the end of the week, you know, where you guys can come in there and just, there's going to be rooms for Mike. There's going to be a room for me where you can ask us specific questions. There's going to be a general room where you can just, you know, you know, shoot the breeze. There's going to be a room for just 2023 draft picks. There's going to be a spot four sit starts everything you need is just going to be in one group and we talked about this when we launched the smash and set patreon chat it's like your girlfriend doesn't want to hear about your team your wife doesn't want to hear about your team your guys at work don't want to but we do like we're going to help each other out there and it's just become such a fun community and you know that's where that's honestly where i met mike and it's just a fun environment where you guys can learn and become better dynasty owners so thanks again for tuning in guys and enjoy the process thank you guys Yo, we need a we need a new closure.